Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. Super glad you're joining us. My name is Michael, and today we're talking about the state of the dead and the living. Focusing in on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through chapter 5, verse 11. And I had the chance to sit down in the studio today with Allie. So my name is Allie, and um, I've been connected with the King Church for a long time. My grandfather was uh, one of the pastors here when I was a kid, and uh, after he left, I wasn't super connected with the church. Um, but then once Elevate kind of got started and there was like that momentum, I started attending, and I've been like really liking it ever since. And with Jess. Hi, I'm Jess. Um, I went to CTA, um, and I guess that's how I'm connected to Elevate, because I, that was why I was in King. Um, and then I ended up making a community here with uh, my friends at King at, at school, and they brought me here. And then Michael Gibson actually is the person who rebaptized me. Both of whom graduated from Chisholm Trail Academy, our local denominational high school, and they are active involved members of our Elevate community. So without further ado, let's dive into retake. My first thought initially was um, the best way to prepare for Jesus to come is having an, an actual personal relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And that's different for everyone. Um, but throughout the entire sermon, you were saying um, live like live life as if Jesus has already come. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how you have an active relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, is putting in that time and effort. And Ali, actually, previously we discussed this. Um, she was talking about this other sermon that um, showed Jesus's exact demonstration on how he had to have a conversation with God about relearning how to have that interpersonal connection because it's different here on earth, mm, even though yeah. we have all the same mm -hmm. tools. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll just dive into that um, just a little bit. Um, so yeah, so I uh, had heard the sermon like a couple weeks back and when I heard this one, um, initially actually they don't seem related but then like i kind of was like oh actually in a way it kind of is i mean you know mm -hmm. you take one point in the bible and you take another point in the bible and yeah, it's like yeah. oh it's the connections yeah, yeah. um so it was basically talking about um jesus prayer in the garden and how that was um i think it can be seen as like a guide on uh, for us on mm -hmm. how to talk to god and it kind of happened in like three separate steps so first he gave his feelings to god he told him pretty much that he was scared mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um that was such like a human feeling and i think that that's something that is really cool that he like even the savior of the universe was experiencing these feelings and stuff and so i think when we think of the sermon that you preached about um losing someone or just the mm -hmm. idea of death in general mm -hmm. i think it's applicable because um Jesus, if you think about it, was dying, basically. Mm -hmm. um, he knew that his death was coming up very soon. And so he was kind of dealing with and coping with the fact that he was literally about to die. And I think you can take that and think of it either if it is happening to you personally, if maybe you are dying or uh, you have someone who is uh, or has already died. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that those steps can be like pretty helpful for us because that is something that he went through. And so yeah. Um, yeah. he gave his feelings to God. He gave his desires. He said he told him he was like, um, if it is possible, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, to like 
even like to beg and like bargain with God, like if it's possible, please save this person. If it's possible, please save my life, you know, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if it's not always, you know, going to happen, if it's not always in the cards. Um, but he he still did it. And at the end, he kind of gave that realization that he was like, but here's my trust. It's your will, not mm-hmm. mine yet. Your will be done. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, I just think that that was kind of like a good guide for like this too, having that relationship with God and like how to go about it. Um, yeah. And I think prayer is an important part of that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that conversation just went through the entire five stages of guilt, but without the denial. And I think that mm. might be what of um, grieving with hope is, is yeah. skipping the denial step because, hmm. um, I mean, you have the initial feeling, of course, but then yeah. after not staying active in that thought, because yeah. um, to fully trust in God, it just it can't be true. It's not true to you. Um, he With God, he went through the anger. He went through the depression. He bargained, and then after he accepted it, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's what I feel. Yeah, yeah. And I, as I'm as I'm hearing this, I I'm thinking of how sometimes we aren't necessarily maybe honest with ourselves or honest with each other in terms of the feelings that we have, or giving each other the space to to grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, I hinted at it in the message about how when we we talk about grief grief is inevitable it's something that that needs to happen it's a part of the process of of the healing process and for us to kind of just like oh yeah we don't have to grieve because like we know everything's gonna like Mm -hmm. turn out okay in the end and we got all this hope and love faithy thing in jesus and it's gonna be cool it's like no we lost somebody we loved we 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 deeply cared for them and they're no longer with us and we have to we have to reason with that we have to reckon with that and i think leaning into our feelings and leaning into our desires and articulating those both to the people that are around us and to God, God cares about that. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, Jesus did that too. Like he, um, even knowing that there, there was hope and like having this knowledge that this good thing was going to be happening, he still was struggling with these emotions and he was honest about them and he went to his friends which i think is an important thing Mm -hmm. for us too Mm -hmm. is to have this support and even jesus needed it he went to his friends and he said like stay here while i you know pray and um i just think that that was really interesting yeah he created the community around him um like you were you gave the example of labor well the bible did Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um and how you prepare for that um yeah is a baby shower you know you bring your Mm. friends together Mm -hmm. you have your community that you have set and you have a party and you celebrate for this um instance life um for like a thief that could be death um but either sense it's the transformation not so much Uh, the act and um i think it's important to look at how jesus looked at that for example with lazarus um he went there and everyone talks about wow he raised lazarus from the death from life to death or Death to life. <laughs> the other <laughs> My way. Bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From death to life. <laughs> um, but they don't talk about after that, which I yeah. think that you emphasized a lot in your sermon is now for the people who are alive, what do we do with that? Yeah. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. what I think we should talk about with Lazarus. What did God expect out of Lazarus after that? Like they had a mm. whole conversation. Yeah. Um, talk about like a new lease on life. Like you get a second chance. <laughs> exactly. A whole new appreciation. And yeah. I think um, yeah. gratefulness um, is very important. Yeah. for both hope and your relationship with God. And I think that gets at the core of what Jesus is after. And I like the the language that you use, Jess, about planning versus preparation. Planning um, means that you're kind of like, yeah, you got your plan, but it doesn't really affect your day-to-day now. 
But in terms of preparation, it's a different way to live. Uh, if you don't want a thief to um, take stuff from your house, you make it a habit of locking your doors, mm-hmm. right? And that's a new way to live. That's not a, oh, okay, I got my checklist together. and Okay, I'm good to go. It's a conscious, I'm living in a different way. And applying that to a relationship with God, he's after us living out a new and different life that is separate from that from sin it's a redemption and a reconciliation back to the core of who god is and god being love that enables us to then walk in a way as if jesus has already come and create that community for other people yeah yeah i like the idea that um jesus's death and resurrection has brought the future into the present and we can Mm. live that way because of that Mm. and i think that's amazing the second coming is us um (laughs) yeah so um i had a discussion with a friend recently about this and he said something that i really liked that Mm. the second coming happens to us individually every time that we like see god in our own life for the Mm -hmm. first time that's where we're meeting god you Mm -hmm. know we're having that encounter and that's incredible Mm -hmm. and so the second coming happens within us first and then we get to share that with our community and then it happens for all of us that's Uh, at least how i like to see things yeah yeah yeah. um but it happened like with paul um whenever god appeared to him you know in a bright light he was like whoa this is like real for me now i now have to tell everyone yeah um yeah I, that that the image of it starts in in small ways in our own personal lives, and then it happens for a community. And it happens uh, in a in a global sense. Not to deny that one eschatological day that Jesus is coming back to make all things new, um, but there's that constant reminder throughout the New Testament that Jesus is coming the back. Yeah, I can't say this word properly. Um, the inevitability. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> that was my favorite thing that you said in the sermon: is how Paul was not worried about the timing or the mm. predictability, but just. The, the inevitability. The <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that was my favorite thing that you said. Yeah. What did that What did that mean to you? That's safety. Um, God for me is a safety constant. Hmm. Um, he's the only person who I feel genuinely loves and can express it fully on the complete spectrum of mm-hmm. love, um, and it's just so genuine and real and forever that's what really matters the forever Mm. part of it for me um because people die you know and feelings change but god is forever i yeah kind of focusing on that word the inevitability of it Mm um i we okay so we say it's inevitable but i think sometimes um the way that we say that christ's coming is inevitable is different than the way that we think death is inevitable. I think that it seems almost like, Hmm. like, I don't want to like less tangible almost because like we just have this hope instead of this certainty. We've seen death. We've seen people die around Uh, us. And sorry, I know it took a second to kind of come around to that, but um, I just think that it's um, kind of hard sometimes because like we had this hope but that's like what the point of what it's saying is that the um the hope and the vision i think that you were talking about um i I think that it was kind of cool yeah we talked about how um the hope and the vision in in the fourth um chapter and in the fifth chapter is switched and i think that's kind of cool because it kind of shows that it's it's the same it's the same thing the hope and the vision are the same thing and um i think the difference is that 
God lives with that reality and we live with that hope, but God wants us to have that reality too. Like he mm -hmm. wants us to know mm -hmm. like that, that is inevitable in the yeah. same way that death is inevitable and tangible to us. Yeah. So. so how do we, how do we make the second coming of Jesus more tangible? I think that it's in, um, again, in the way that Jesus came here. Because the thing is, um, I think almost in our minds, we're like, well, yeah, of course, Jesus was good. And like, he did all these things and he was able to have this faith. But it's because he's seen it. Like, he was there and he, mm -hmm. was, he was able to have this like proof. And I think the point of it was that it's it's no different like for us we are supposed to live that same truth and so i think yeah. that um following in the way that jesus treated people and his relationships i think it's in the relationships and the connections and the way that you um love i think it's chasing love honestly yeah. um, um sorry no you're good I, that's i was gonna say it's about community and encouraging others like right. you're saying and mm -hmm. then it all started it all started talking about how we need to encourage love mm -hmm. so that makes sense to me yeah, yeah, like a, like a walking in love, mm -hmm. and that's the you know it comes back to that. I I can't shake as I'm reading Thessalonians the the image of living as if Jesus has already come. Mm -hmm. So I think that changes things because it, it it helps us keep that eternity in mind and the the tangibility of oh I can be the second coming of Jesus to to someone. I, I you know I think I think examples abound on that. Um, but it takes a transformed life because we can yeah. we can like hold on to it. It's like, oh, I didn't do my 10 things that Jesus would have done if he would have come <laughs> back today list. But no, it's being completely transformed. Yeah, um, being healthy. Yeah. 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 I think that just being healthy within yourself. Well, you can't be healthy completely, I don't think, on your own. Mm. I think having a relationship with God gets you completely to the other side of mm. having a healthy life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what God wants for us. And that's why having a relationship with him is so important to him. Yeah. You know, outside of just wanting to be our friend. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that what you were saying about living as if Jesus has already come uh, kind of changes it just a little bit in the way that you think about it. Because um, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in doing things for the salvation like mm. we're trying to work our way there exactly but if jesus has already come there is no aspect of that it is just love yeah and that is that's just what god wants like that is the point of it is just yeah. to, to love yeah yeah mm. and not what I, what i can do what i can get out of it yeah i was talking with someone the other day that how they they were talking about how they choose to live their life and they're like you know oftentimes we look at you know the what what god has in store for us versus what the world has in store for us and we'll choose what the world has because it's um it's tangible it feels mm -hmm. good it's quick and everything else but think about the value that you're placing on what god has in store by choosing the world mm. and it's saying that what god has to offer is not valuable it's not worth it to me because i would rather have pleasure here and now i would rather have whatever community i'm a part of i'd rather have xyz whatever Patience. it is instead of what God has in store for me. But then to think about the long-term vision of saying, no, I don't need to look at that. I don't need to put that in my body. I don't need to hang out with those people because I know that what God has in store for me, what's coming in the future is so much better than what's here and now. So I wanna focus on that grander vision living, that that focus on Jesus' return that doesn't elicit inside of me, a, oh, I've gotta get things together to make sure I'm saved, 
but I know that it's so valuable that I need to let other people know about it as well. I talk to so many people. I talk to my entire community about their opinions because that's how I grow is mm -hmm. asking everyone what they got out of it. Yeah. And that's another reason why community matters yeah. um, is how else are you supposed to grow with God? I don't know. I don't know how else. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So what did you find? What did the community um, say? Survey says. Well, my mom, <laughs> she said for the very first question that you asked, the interactive ones is mm -hmm. when it comes to my future, I have everything figured out. Mm -hmm. um, just last week, she sent me Proverbs 10, 9, which um, I'm just going to summarize it. Mm -hmm. I don't remember it exactly. But um, it says that we can make all these plans, but the steps are all God's. So mm -hmm. our plans mm -hmm. are pretty much, they don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the steps um, to getting there. But I feel like that's true. Like as the saying goes, it's the journey, not, you yeah. know, the destination. Yeah. Um, it's just like math. So I hate math. Um, I really <laughs> hate math with a passion um, because I feel that the only reason why you learn math is for the concepts behind it. And I feel like God is a funny little guy and he's doing the same thing. He's, he puts these things in front of you just so you can learn the concepts behind them. Yeah. Um, but you have to go through all the steps individually in order yeah. to get the answer correctly. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Like sometimes there are these steps that we have to go through. And um, it's not so much like sometimes we get co so caught up in um, – like, how can we get out of this? And we're not really thinking about, okay, what can we get out of this? Yeah. What What is God trying to tell me in this moment? And um, I think that that's something that's important to think about whenever, like, and, and I know that's something that's difficult to think about when it's actually happening to you. Like, yeah. if you're yeah. actually in the midst of a very, like, difficult tragedy, yeah. it's hard to be like, okay, this could be a lesson. Let's think about what it could be. Because <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. I, yeah, I actually, like, do, like, have, like, uh, like a friend I was having a conversation with um the other day and um he was just talking about how he was just kind of struggling with something and um it was just so hard because like I had seen the situation from an outside perspective so I knew for a fact there was a lesson in it because I was like you know there's there's something to be learned from this but because yeah. he was going through this right in this moment I couldn't yeah. be like okay well this is this is what's happening I had to just kind of let him cope and let him like yeah. deal so yeah. um the point of that being it's important to realize that there's a lesson to get out, but I'm not really sure how to focus on that when it's actually happening, you know? Well, because it's still important to process the emotions. So I yeah. feel like mm -hmm. process them and then after right. reflect with God, because yeah. when you have a problem, you it would probably be best to outsource because you will have a hard time dealing with it one-on-one because -on -one you're in a situation. So whether that be through community or like with God individually, yeah. um, you will be able to discuss it with them and get to the lesson, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's why Paul, Silas, and Timothy land both of these sections of Scripture with um, comforting one another, or encouraging one another. So in those that difficult situation, it, it's easy to be like, oh, here's a lesson you could learn. Like, obviously, yeah. I went through this too. Like, don't worry. You're just, you know, school <laughs> hard knocks. But to sit down beside someone and encourage them and say, you know, it's, it's, it, it's rough now, but it's going to be okay. Right. And I'm here with you. Yeah, I mean, however, I can walk with you. Yeah. Um, I was asking someone um, how to be a safe environment for other people mm -hmm. um, because I think that's very important. And they told me to just sit and listen. Mm -hmm. um, that That's what's the most important thing. And I think that um, I have a hard time doing that with God. God's 
talking all the time. And if I just, you know, took a moment to sit still and be present and listen in yeah. the moment, um, you know, that'd be really helpful. <laughs> so I think uh, there's that. Yeah. How much of our, how much of God's voice do we drown out with the the music, media, and just distractions, din of distractions mm-hmm. that we um, subject ourselves to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so much there's like so many times that i know for a fact that god had been trying to get my intention the entire time but i was so desperate to not feeling what i was going through like i was Mm -hmm. like okay well i don't want to process i don't want to cope like i'm just going to distract myself so i don't have to think about it but um thinking about it and actually going through it and just sometimes sitting in the silence and talking to god is the best way to get through it and i think sometimes um we feel as though we have to like censor ourselves to god like, mm-hmm. or at least I do. I mm-hmm. feel like there are some things I tell my friends and then I wouldn't necessarily say it in my like prayer with God. Like there mm-hmm. are times where I'm like, oh, like, you know, I, I don't feel like getting out of bed this morning. Like I'm I'm just really yeah. struggling. And then with God, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going through a difficult time. If you could like help me out, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, but yeah. you can come with come to him with those same things in fact it's even better for you to go to him with those things that you would to your friends because he's the one who can actually do something about it it's true that's true yeah i wish we had recorded jess's prayer at the beginning because you you modeled that very well (laughs) just like a very authentic like i'm just i'm gonna talk to god about what what's going on in my life and not have to cloud it in religious language or anything else he's like god who wants to connect he, he created you to speak how you're speaking yeah. <laughs> um that's been really really helpful for me is how i chose to communicate with god me too mm-hmm. after i started to want an active relationship with him is just treat him like a friend because he is an individual um coker back in high school said something to me that's also with me. an elevate <laughs> and an elevate is <laughs> a good saying <laughs> But he said, um, you know, God has a favorite color. And once he said that to me, I was like, whoa, yeah. he has a favorite color. That's crazy. <laughs> like, I asked that, like, that's a basic question you ask everyone you're first meeting them. You're yeah, doing those yeah. little, like, activities. So I was like, whoa, God is an individual with all these likes and interests to himself. And we could talk about that. That's incredible to me. Yeah. Um, and then I started just talking to him like a friend and getting to know him and getting to know him through other people because that's what the Bible is. And then Mm -hmm. I started doing that outside of the Bible with a church community. Yeah. And yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, I liked that um, you talked about like him having a favorite color and stuff because sometimes like I feel like I think that like God can't understand. And uh, we had a week of prayer, actually. I think it was this most recent one. And there was something that um, Pastor Eliab said that Mm -hmm. really stuck out with me and still has stuck out with me. And um, I I remember so I lost my aunt to cystic fibrosis four years, five years ago now. And so um, that was really difficult. And I wasn't the closest with God then, but I remember being really angry and being like, oh, you know, like you can't understand. Like I just couldn't go to him because like, I'm just like, it's just not, he's not gonna be able to actually help me. And I think sometimes when we talk with other people, it's helpful to be able to talk to people who understand and can like empathize with what we're going through. And um, so what he said was that, God misses the dead too, because mm. as Adventists, we can't, we, we believe that, you know, they're, they're 
truly at, they're at rest they're sleeping and yeah. so god can't communicate with them anymore like he can't have yeah. that same relationship so he too i feel like in a way is grieving a little bit mm -hmm. and so to know that he can truly understand your pain i think makes it a little bit easier to talk to him when you realize that yeah mm -hmm. yeah jesus is human too mm -hmm. as much as he is god he's human yeah. and he goes through those emotions that that we experience mm -hmm. uh and kind of it's tough right now because sometimes we have this high view of God of, you know, he's holy, he's, he's uh, sanctified, you know, all, the, all these things set apart bigger than we are. But then he chose to enter down into our humanity mm -hmm. to where we can relate with him one on one in those ways. Uh, and he's big enough to hold our emotions mm -hmm. and he's experienced mm -hmm. them so he can empathize with those and sit with us and walk with us through the, the difficult things. But um, I think Jesus gave up a lot, you know, mm. coming down here communication-wise with God. And I think we don't talk about that a lot. Um, but when it comes to time, time isn't important in heaven. I mean, to some extent, but mm -hmm. not really. It's very different than here mm -hmm. on earth. But humans, they kind of need time. They need some sort of structure to, like, live their life. And so God, he had to um, – well, Jesus, he had to come down here and understand time so that he could just communicate with us. Mm. And I think that's very valuable um, because time puts a lot of weight on you, you know, mm. actually having to deal with a timeline. And I think that um, Jesus also gave up knowing um, the plan. I think that everyone thinks that Jesus is all-knowing and knows the entire plan of the world. But I think that when he came down here, he gave a little bit of that up on purpose. Mm -hmm. He's like, actually, I don't want to know everything. I want to like relate to these guys. Yeah. There's and, some trust on his part. Yeah. yeah. And um, the fact that he can do that makes me feel comfortable allowing him to completely take over because yeah. he did that with God and he yeah. trusted him completely. So I should yeah. be able to do the same. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I enjoyed this conversation with Jess and Allie, and I love the practical approach that we had towards living as if Jesus has already come. I hope it was thought-provoking for you, and you had a chance to rethink and retake maybe something you have heard in the past. Super glad that you've joined us. As always, you can connect with us with the link in the descriptions. We look forward to seeing you next time on Elevate Retake.